Hi, everyone. Welcome to Domain Sherpa. Today is an episode of Down the Rabbit Hole talking about daily fantasy sports with Andrew Miller, David Lazowski, Willie Walls, and Roman Edmond. While these guys claim to not be professionals, they're definitely experts and have some big wins and bad beats to prove it. To that end, we'll talk about some of their past successes, which games they currently play, some of the strategies they use, and who they like in the NFL this upcoming weekend. It's a great show and a lot of fun, so don't miss it. So tune in right now to Down the Rabbit Hole here on Domain Sherpa, where while all roads lead to domains, Today's roads lead to DFS. It's game time. It don't matter what you say, ain't no way that you messing with my team today. It don't matter what you do, I will. What's up, Sherpa Network? Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Jonathan Tenenbaum, a.k.a. JT, a.k.a. On, and I am the host and producer of Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. Today's show is a down the rabbit hole. So like we say here on Domain Sherpa, all roads lead to domains. In the reverse, our work in domains has us venturing all the time into different areas and topics, some that are more familiar to us, like crypto, NFTs, digital assets, and plenty of others that aren't so familiar, hence the jump down the rabbit hole. Today's show, I'm here live in Orlando, where I happen to be doing some traveling, but we've got an incredible show coming up. In fact, the last time I was in Orlando, I had my boy Andrew Miller here on the show, um, and we've got him back today, but this time with his crew of Wiley Daily Fantasy Sports denizens who, and who are going to be talking about DFS and a lot of that fun stuff. We actually just did a, a panel at Namescon online recently with uh, Andrew Roman and myself. We're going to introduce more um, where we talked about DFS. It was really well received. I personally really, really enjoyed it. I don't play a lot of DFS, although I do fantasy sports in general, do some gambling. And uh, so I personally love this stuff and I'm super, super excited for today's show. So with that, over to my right, we got my boy, Andrew Miller, a.k.a. Sam Ace Rothstein, a.k.a. Bill Belichick. And as those of you who know, he's been on the show plenty. I don't know if I need to give you a big old intro, but, um, you know, Miller is a, a seasoned domainer, investor, advisor, and a DFS expert. So today's going to be a lot of fun. Super excited for the show. So why don't we do this? Miller says, this is your world and kind of your thing. Why don't you introduce the rest of these guys? Let's go ahead. All right. I'm excited because, you know, Roman and I had this crazy idea to do this at NamesCon and I kind of convinced Surin to do it. And he's like, all right, let's try it. And it really turned out to get, you know, we got a lot of post-show comments about how popular it was. So JT was like, let's do it again for Rabbit Hole. And here we are. And uh, yeah, let's go. I changed I changed out of my Bored Ape sweatshirt and put on my Daily Fantasy <laughs> Championship shirt after uh, this one. So uh, we got a great group. Um, I think we're just going clockwise. And we're kind of going to introduce everyone and have, you know, tell a quick little Daily Fantasy story. Um, and we'll just go around the clock the wrong way. Um, since I have that on my sheet, we'll start with Laz, who is one of my oldest friends um, way back uh, from our our 20s, many, 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 many moons ago, we both ended up in this daily fantasy world. Um, for those domainers on here, Laz was one of the uh, brilliant minds behind the acquisition of home.com, but we're not going to talk about domains today, but um, <laughs> his company, Fairway, where he is uh, killing it, uh, was the uh, acquire, smart enough company to acquire home.com, which resonates with a lot of domainers, but we're talking DFS. So that was Laz, a fantastic move. And we should not, I, not I feel, to, oh, wait, real quick, not to undersell that. I mean, home.com was an incredible purchase. What a power move and incredible. So, you know, I do for the domain maxis, we got to let them know, you know. Oh, I got Miller to thank for that. And I'll tell you, uh, I don't think we would have gotten there without Andy's expertise and ability to source this 
in the right way. Yep. And I think it's a game changer for our company. This is part of our next generation. Uh, the opportunity to develop that into an ecosystem around home and everything related to home is what we're attempting to do. It'll take some time, but we are incredibly excited about this acquisition. Uh, it, as you know, it's never traded before. Someone's held it since the 90s. So for us to be able to acquire this as an asset in our digital approach is going to be an absolute home run. So yeah, shout out to Andrew it. for getting that done for us. Love it. And speaking uh, of home runs, I got this shirt that I got in 2016, which I'll discuss a little more when I get to Willie, at the 2016 DraftKings NBA Live Final. But then there's Laz. Nobody... <laughs> And Laz, I don't know if you could just quickly do a quick spin around and show the audience this, but Laz's swag is from DraftKings is something else. He's got he's the big boy here. He's got the he's got the the, the true game personalized jersey. So um, Laz, um, you know Laz's um, DraftKings or daily fantasy name is Laz gets fit, and he has become pretty legendary. You know, last every Sunday from 10 to 11.30, I listen to Alex Baker, who's the number one awesome daily fantasy player in the world. I listen to his Live Unlocked podcast every Sunday. It's religion to me. It's part of my homework. Um, that's the last thing I do for my homework is uh, take a five-mile walk and put on uh, Live Lock, uh, you know, Alex Baker. And I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'm hearing Alex, and they're talking about this legend of Laz. And I'm like, oh, man. Here we are. I called him up and I let him know. So, you know, Laz has won hundreds of thousands of dollars this year alone in NFL Daily Fantasy, but he's he's come in, I think, second in two millimakers, or is it only one? I, I Just remind me about that. Uh, uh, in a millimaker, I, I've had um, a number of top 100 finishes, uh, came in second in a millimaker in 2015. Right. I want you to tell that story briefly. Oh man, that's a great, that's right. JT, the short version, the end version. I just want to tell JT, I have never done a pad, podcast on DFS. This is the very first one. Oh yeah. And, and I'm telling you, I have had, I'm not kidding, about 25 inquiries for me to go on because some of the stuff I do is unconventional. Sure. And basically half the world thinks I'm an idiot in my approach towards DFS. Uh, they've been trying to get on, on podcasts uh, really for the last four or five years. I've chosen to totally stay under the radar yeah. uh, because it's more fun being a legend than being real. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is the first podcast. So I'm excited to be here with you. Love the things that you've been doing, JT. Uh, and you couldn't ask for a better buddy than uh, Andy Miller. Oh, so 100%, man. Happy to, happy to be here. I just wanted to say that to start. Um, yeah, yeah. Real quick, um, 2015, and this was when, you know, DK was just getting started. There was question around legality. It was a crazy year, 2015, if you remember. Um, you know, th there, were, there was all kinds of stuff going on that year around the legality of the whole um, of the whole world of, of doing daily fantasy. And was it gambling? Was it not? Clearly, we all know it's gambling. Let's not kid ourselves. But uh, there was some there was some uncertainty around that. But here we are week 15 of of that uh, season. Uh, it's a large Millie maker. I have a total of 96 entries. It's Sunday night, and this is when you would head into the Monday night game, and you still had people. Now they're done, all done on Sunday, but mm. back then you would still have the Monday night game to still be alive in. So mm. here we are going into the end of Sunday night. One of my buddy texts me. I didn't even realize it. He goes, dude, you're number eight. 
And I'm like, wow. So I, I gather up a bunch of my friends. We end up going to this sports bar Monday night. Here we are. I called my accountant because I realized that there's no one ahead of me with any players left. And I just have one player left. And I'm, you know, not quite, listen, I'm not a professional. I love this. This is a blast. I do this because it's totally fun. But I'm thinking, wow, I'm in a really good position. And I've got uh, Keith Hightower going as my running back uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Tim Hightower. Tim, Tim Hightower. Hightower. Tim Hightower. That'll tell you wow. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hightower is my running back uh, for the New Orleans Saints. They're playing Detroit. Two teams are like both like, you know, four and nine, whatever. They're, they're not having a good season. We go into the Monday night game. I, there's no one else ahead of me. So I'm just hoping for some points. We yeah. get into the second quarter we're in, and picture this, we're at a sports bar with like 25 of the guys I work with. It's a real festive environment. Second quarter, Tim Hightower gets a touchdown. I'm in first place. <laughs> second quarter, called back for a legal formation. Oh, no. Totally <laughs> deflating. You can imagine oh. that situation. Totally uh -huh. deflating. It takes me about a full quarter to recover, but I'm good. I go back between eighth place and sixth place. Other people I realize can catch me from behind, but it, it's totally fun. At the end of the day, uh, there's about a minute left in the game, JT, and I'm in sixth place. And it pays like 75 grand. Detroit has the ball. I'm good. I'm like, wow, this has been amazing. I buy drinks for the whole bar that's there and you know yeah, yeah. I, I call it a day and i head out to my car and there's still a minute left i leave just because you know what the, they have the ball they're going to kick a field goal i don't think they've ever missed a field goal for the whole season i go to my car and i see like three or four guys are coming at my car like 20 minutes later i think they need a ride home they're like last did you see what happened i'm like no what what happened at the end of the day they missed the field goal new orleans gets the ball back they throw a meaningless pass with 12 seconds left to Tim Hightower for, <laughs> for about eight yards, nine yards. But it brings me, and the game ends, it's over. Like no one else would care watching that. But yeah. it brought me from sixth place to second place. Wow. And in that particular <laughs> week, uh, it paid $400,000. Oh, congratulations, man. That is awesome. What, yeah, you that, know, was, that was fun. And he gets offended with your buddies like that, you know, I, I mean, I think that's just and that's some gambling and sports in general. Right. I mean, and what I like about gambling and fantasy and, and you know, and I do a lot of fantasy leagues, but not the daily stuff, although now I'm going to have to start playing daily fantasy because, you know, I can't be in a room like this and yeah, not start messing with it. You know what I mean? But um, and then, and then before we jump to um, lads, I just want to tell you, though, there was a, I don't remember the exact scenario last, but like a year, I think it was two seasons ago. I remember watching it was the, the sunday night game or maybe late no the end of the the last game going because the games all now end there's no sunday night and monday night are not in the millie maker anymore so yeah. it was the last game overtime maybe or was just running really late and i was watching and laz was like in first and i was on my floor like oh my god oh my god he's about to take down the millie and i don't remember exactly what happened i remember it was pittsburgh but something happened at like the very end and it turned into a really bad beat which we'll talk about. I don't remember the exact details. I can tell you how I can remember. It was a bad beat. <laughs> oh, why? Yeah, that's, that's like, that's painful, man. That's painful to be. Even... That's, that's the fun of it. That's, that's the life we live, right? That's the choice. Yeah. That's the, that's well, the. And I think that's what, you know, I mean, when, and, and we say it all the time, I mean, you know, betting on games, it's like, cause you turn a meaningless Detroit, you know, New Orleans game, like you said, you're not a fan of either team. 
They, you know, they're not in a position where it matters. For, there's no playoff implications. I'm definitely then, not a fan of either team. I'll just tell yeah, you. That. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, a lot of Patriots, man. A lot of a lot of Pats. Yeah, a lot of Patriots going a lot here. Of Pats love in here. I mean, I'm an Eagles fan. We're having, we're struggling, but um. Oh man, geez. I was at the Eagles Pats game two years ago, uh, uh, and uh, I think somehow you beat us. It was uh, it was crazy. Yeah, that was a pick well, and some other things, and uh, so I'm gonna jump down. Let's keep moving the intros. Yeah. That's okay, JP. Yeah, um, I got I got to kind of do your job here. No, um, this is, and I'm so, happy to have you do it. I, I feel like you know, it's like a lot of the work off my shoulders. I love this. Uh, you, below us, we have on photo and sound Willie Walls. So Willie Walls oh. has a dear place in my heart because in 2016, I flew out to San Diego as a qualifier for one of a hundred people competing for uh, two million dollars for the DraftKings NBA Live Final in San Diego. A great event. You know, three days, they wine and dine you and do it up. But I make my lineup, and I'm kind of early in NBA in this. And um, I'm actually with my son, who was 13, I guess, at the time. Um, and we're having a great time. And, you know, back then, there was no late swapping, meaning once you set your lineup for the live final, that was it. You had to set it, and then you went to this big room to watch it with all the other 100 contestants in this kind of crazy party atmosphere. And I settled into a chair with my son, and you know, meet some nice people and sitting behind me is Willie and his friend and nice guy, got to know him, hanging out, loved him. You know, we were talking, competing with one another, but friendly. And then um, my son and I were in 99th place at halftime in the first game out of 100. And like we had the most sad, dejected, horrible look <laughs> on our face. And I'm like almost at a point where I'm like, should we just go back to the room? <laughs> and this is embarrassing. And suddenly second half or other games start kicking off eight, eight you know, nine games, eight games on the TVs and bang, we start moving 80th, 70th, 50th, 40th, 30th. And I look the whole time behind me, there's this guy yelling, Mr. Frazier. Frazier. So Tim Frazier was a G league pickup by the new Orleans Pelicans that season, about two weeks before this event. And I happened to stick him in my lineup at the advice of a buddy from back home from Boston in my live final lineup. And Willie had him too. And we were the only two. And I suddenly hear this guy yelling every time he made a big play, because this guy is going off. He's the single handedly bringing me from, you know, whatever I was to 30th. And it's Willie and I became fast friends and we've done a bunch of NFL daily fantasy stuff together. So uh, Willie, great to have you. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. Can y'all hear me? Am I okay now? Oh, yeah, you're good. Perfect. Okay. Well, listen, so during that time, now you got to remember, this is, I just started DFS. You know, I, I won a couple of 20 grand tournaments in FanDuel. I never played DraftKings. So I started playing DraftKings and I won a qualifier. I was three and it was like, a, you know, I don't know, maybe 34,000 people. I was number one. I had a $3 entry, you know, put it in and, you know, and I won it. So, you know, then I said, you know, I never played DraftKings. I said, look, we got to learn how to play DraftKings. We didn't understand the court, the scoring system. We didn't know three-pointers. I'm just used to fan dude. So I said, man, so the last week we start playing DraftKings. And then I was like, and I don't know if you remember, Drew, I told everybody who I was going to play. I said, I'm going to play this guy. This is who I'm going to play. They said, no, you I said, I'm telling And I, I didn't realize there was so much pressure on people because there were people that were sponsored. You know, and so they had a lot to lose. We didn't have nothing to lose. I was just there. I had one entry. I said, look, I'm going to go with this guy. 
Yeah, we, we're gonna go with it. We're just gonna just and and I we didn't start off well, Drew. You remember that? You know, we were we were both way back. I said, "Damn, this sucks." You know, then all yeah. of a sudden, our guys starting to come on, and I said, "Oh, hold up!" You know, and I had Derek Navisky. You know, he started playing, so I'm I went from like 10th, I went from like twenty place to tenth place. Then I was in third or fourth place. You know, I was in third place. I said, "Ooh, we have four hundred thousand. You know, so. Then they took my guy out, you know, on a blowout. And then so I dropped from four hundred thousand in one minute to fifty thousand dollars, you know. So that was the most disappointing fifty damn thousand dollars I ever won in my damn life. I was so <laughs> the, the thing that that made it worse is we didn't know how to, you could move people up on DraftKings, how you could move them up. We didn't understand the philosophy. The other guy we wanted to get there was McCullum. And McCullough went off. If we had moved that lineup up, we would have took the whole thing down, and I wouldn't have played Ricky Rubio. But I didn't know how to move it up because I, I didn't understand the, the scoring system. So, you know, all in all, though, you go there, you win, you know, you win fifty thousand dollars and not knowing anything, and then that that rent, you know, from there I went, I won one hundred fifty thousand dollars on that Monday night thing, like you said. I saw people kept coming up on me. I said, "Oh Lord." Everybody coming to me. Cam Newton was playing that Monday night. I ain't gonna never forget it. And they kept kicking field goals. And but finally, you know, the game ended. And then I took down my my one of my great tournaments when I won 150k on a five k. I was one one. Uh, I was number one out of 494,000 people. You know, that was in a tournament, so I was in first place. So I don't really play the big lineups. I play the the wish and hope stuff. But for some reason, I've been really successful in it. You know, I, you know, I've, I've won probably over, you know, nine hundred thousand dollars, and you know, and you know, in like six, five or six years, so I ain't doing too bad, you know. But I don't play a lot of, I don't play a lot of money, you know. I wish I could get the big money, but my behind gets tight, you know. If I get in the big tournaments, I get tight, so I just, I just, <laughs> I just, I just keep it to the. Hey. Four dollars or something like that, and just keep playing like that. So, and, and just to finish up, and then we'll move on. Great, sir. Willie's also hosts a, um, a, a weekly show uh, for NFL DFS um, with um, who's it with? Uh, Doctor Roto? No. Uh, yeah, Doctor Roto. Yeah, Doctor Roto, and uh, yeah. So he's we're doing NFL today, obviously, because that's the just the season. But uh, in general, Willie's a great story of someone who can enter those kind of tournaments and do well. And by the way, I ended up finishing 24th in that live final because I had, um, uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name right now from Indiana. Um, he was playing, uh, Doug, um, oh God, begins with an M. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm blanking, but McDermott, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And he was crushing it for Dallas, I think, at the time. And then he hurt his knee in the third quarter, and they took him out for the rest of the game. Because uh-huh. I was looking at a top five finish at that thing if he had finished off the game the way things were going. So, um, so is well, what it is. Well, Willie, man, where do you uh, – so how do we hear your uh, – where's your podcast live? Like, where, where can people find that? Yeah, um, um, unfortunately, you know, Dr. Roto, he just launched the site and stuff. And he's very protective of it, you know. So, you know, unless you're a subscriber, you don't even won't even hear the podcast. But we're on uh, uh, Sirius XM Radio um, from uh, seven thirty to nine o'clock in the morning. All right, I love it. But hey, you know, hey, look, let people subscribe. I mean, if that's uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, if they want the good content, sometimes that's what you got to do, you know. So I like it though, and uh, it sounds like you you got that charmed type of approach, man. Like. Low money entry, big money winnings, man. I think that's the uh, 
That's the way I'd like to roll. So Willie's I'm, just okay. good people too, man. Well, you know, I met Willie. Willie was my, I, you know, my son and I. Like we just we won. We we did it as well as we did it that because we met Willie. That's our viewpoint on it. Right. Um, so Willie, great to have you jumping over to not last but certainly not least our domainer friend here and yeah. uh, Roman, who who of all of us certainly had the biggest payday. Uh, also, the same year as last, 2015, Roman won the FanDuel $3 million NFL Live Final World mm. Championship. So uh, he was here for us with names gone, and welcome back, man. Thank you, Drew. I appreciate it. Um, I, I love hearing these stories because uh, sometimes they have like a general theme. And I know um, that uh, $3 million payout championship that I that I won it kind of started off similar um halftime I was you know out of I think 102 people I was in 95th place wow and I had to go upstairs to take a breather to say okay how is this gonna work right and so I came back down after halftime and I I rostered Blake Bortles and Alan Hearns and immediately <laughs> Blake Bortles threw an 84 a 85 yard touchdown to Alan Hearns. And I went from my 90th to like 40th. Yeah. And then it was on and all my players started playing. So that up and down with DFS, that's a true thing for sure. You know, and we wow. had bad beats as well. And I think we might talk about that later on, but that, 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 that day was very special. You know, it was a day where, you know, everything aligned. I think during that time frame, I kind of, um, groomed, my, groomed myself to being at like the ultimate DFS shape, you know, where I actually had three lineups that I, you know, that I was thinking about. And if I would have chose any of those threes, I still would have won. But the one that I chose gave me the optimal amount out of those three. So I was really focused and on point. And that, that's something that I think um, people have to realize is that you really have to do that due diligence. You have to bring everything together. And I mean, each particular position on that roster that you, you construct is very important and it has to tell a story. And, you know, if I can go through my roster and I actually provide insight and actually I did write a book because after I won, everyone was asking me, how did you do it? And things of that nature. And so after telling like 50 people the same story, I decided to kind of <laughs> encapsulate it in one, you know, one source. Yeah. And so, um, I'm, I'm very, you know, thankful, gratitude for sure. Um, that was obviously my biggest win. I've, I've been doing that since 2012, you know, and I've been mildly successful. I won, let's say, a couple of tournaments, smaller tournaments for 100K, you know, prior to that. And subsequently after that, you know, I think three or four for like 150 and 75. So um, once you understand the dynamics in the system, it makes it a little easier and then you just have to cross your fingers that there's no injuries or, you know, the game flow doesn't change too drastically where they pull out your players and things of that nature. So yeah. I'm very thankful to being on this, this, this bridge so we can talk shop. Yeah, man. Well, Just tell everyone the name of your book, man. So make sure you get the name of your book out there. Ah, yeah. So I think I, I, I created the book in 2016. So it's, um, winning in fantasy sports tips from a world champion and cool. it's all through Amazon and that whole sort of thing. So um, a, a, a good read, pretty quick. People 
that is pretty cool. So uh, I thought it was a yeah. great read, honestly. Love Even though I know I what think, I'm uh, doing, I thought it was a good read. Thank you, yeah, Drew. I mean, and that's such an interesting part for me. I mean, you know, so I play a lot of weekly fantasy. I'm on like six leagues, you know, now that my kids are into it, you know, we've got leagues where we've got teams together and teams against each other and family leagues and friends leagues and all that stuff. But yeah, the biggest struggle, man, it's like really trying to find, I think, good sources of information to get that sort of leg up. I know when we talked about the daily fantasy stuff um, at the NamesCon session, you know, it was interesting because you talked about how you want to play team, you know, players from the same team or in the same game and, you know, um, and how that is like a common uh, sort of thread through a lot of the more successful folks. Like, you know, Miller, you were saying, you know, eight of the 10 winners this season or whatever it was all had. What do you guys call that when you have two people from the same? Well, I can tell you. So this is current statistics. So it made interestingly, and I don't know even if you guys all know this exactly, but um, so far this year, there's been what, 90, 99 millionaire maker lineups on draft not, uh, contests on DraftKings. Uh, nine. There's more because some there's different price points, but nine of the $20 millionaire maker. So of the 90 top 10 finishing winning finishing winners so far this season. So remember top 10 for nine weeks, 90 top 10 winners, 42 of those 90 have either been a two person team stack stack. So a quarterback and a receiver, that's it way up from last year, even number one over game stacks. And number two would be a three-person game stack. So you would have um, Brady, Evans, and uh, if they're playing, let's say, uh, the Browns, Chubb, or something like that on the other side, or a receiver from the Browns. So, But this year, 42 of the 90, which is over 50%, I believe, uh, are a team's two-person two team stack or a three-person game stack. Almost, I think, 86 of the 90 are actually some form of stack, team or game stack. So if you're not doing some form of team or game stack, which we're going to get into that, I don't want to get into that quite yet, but um, if you're not doing it, then you're mathematically putting yourself at almost no chance of success in big field, big money contest. Media Options is the industry's leading domain broker specializing in domain acquisitions, high-value domain sales, and domain name consultation. As pioneers and thought leaders on the subject of the domain aftermarket and domain name value, plus through their clear domain acquisition service, Media Options offers startups and established corporations an unparalleled scope of high-value domain options, providing access to domain names and curation technologies not available elsewhere. Media Options believes in the power of a great domain name and is dedicated to helping you obtain yours. Call or email today to put a domain to work for you. You know, I think it's interesting, you know, you mentioned the Millie Makers, you're mentioning, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel. So what is everybody, I mean, we're in the middle of football season now. So what does everybody play? Why don't we do that? Let's kind of go around the room and talk about what everybody's sort of game of choice, platform of choice, and, you know, and then uh, just to kind of level set around that stuff, both like during this season in football, but also like, you know, but what's your like main, you know, is bat, you know, basketball is Willie's thing. Is it, you know, but he plays football. So let's, let's go in that order. Start with you, Miller. What is your, uh, okay. so what's your pick your poison, I guess. What's your game of choice? And, and so I, I think it's, we probably should just, you know, I could talk PGA golf all day. Uh, and, uh, and I'm sure Willie could talk basketball. I think I'm going to stick to football just because we got a time frame and mm-hmm. we're in the football season, core of the football season here compared to the other sports. So, Look, I think over. I play what are called GPPs only. GPP. I play large 
uh, I play GBPs, which are guaranteed prize pools. Those are the ones where you can win 50, 100, 25K, a million, you know, or everything in between. Uh, very different than what are called cash games, where you might be playing $500 to win $500 or $100 to win $100. Um, most of the professionals play a lot of cash games, but um, I think this whole crew here, none of us are professionals. I want to make that point. Um, no one in this no one in this podcast today are professionals. When I say professionals, none of us play this for a living every day. You know, Laz is a, you know, runs a massive mortgage brokerage operation. Willie's in, you know, um, IT and security. Roman does domains and domain investing like me. And, and we're all doing other things. But I, so we fit, what I put us is kind of that one level below the professionals, but well above the field or the general player. You know, we're kind of say, experts on pros. I'm like, damn, how badass and pros, how much of that, you know, like, how, you know, because well, obviously all the success of everybody in this room is, is pretty crazy. So, yeah. But, so one of the things, one of the things I look at is all right, where can I play where I don't lose my, where I, where I have an advantage over 90% of 95% of the players in the field. Cause I know what I'm doing more. I'm an expert. But I'm also staying away from the pros who are the sharks who will even eat me, okay, most of the time. So that's why I stick to large field GPPs. And in my case, I'm a little bit all over. But in football, um, I play some very specific things every week. So I play what's called the three-entry max. Um, that means the most you can have is three entries, and I, I do all three, okay? Um, that means I'm on a level playing field with everybody else. Or actually, I'm on a, the highest end of the playing field because a lot of people might only do one or two, um, I'm doing three. I do a 20 entry max where I have 20 entries and I'm ahead. Um, and then I do do hundred and most of the big, like the millionaire makers are 150 entry max and the professionals, like I think last, um, I believe um, enters 150 max in every million maker. You can come back to that when you speak, but um, that's hard if you're only doing 10, doesn't mean you can't win. I, people, two weeks ago, a guy won with one lineup. So it can happen, but you have to kind of hit it perfectly when you're playing against 211,000 people for a million dollars and you only have one. You know, the odds are a lot better if you have 150, right? Um, so yeah. I try to pick my so, battles. Yeah, real quick about that. Just um, so how, how much do they cost to, for each entry for those types of those types of games? I mean, contest range. This last week, there was a $20 millionaire maker, a $4,444 millionaire maker with only, I think, 300 or something people in it. So... Um, I don't know what the max enter was. Laz, what was the max on that? Do you know the 4440? I mean, I know because I played and did not win. 18 was the, <laughs> was the max entry. Okay. Right, so you, in theory, could enter 18 times 4,444, you know, like whatever, $80,000 to win that million or whatever it is. It. Um, and then, you know, the $20 is the lowest millionaire maker. Some weeks they'll do a $5, which has hundreds of thousands, 600,000 entrants. Some weeks they'll do $100. Um, it just depends on the week. But I try to focus on where I think three entry max, five entry max. Then I'll take my three entry max for a hundred. So I play a three entry max, one hundred and fifty dollars each, four fifty total to win a hundred k with about eleven hundred other people. That's it. Okay. Um, I play a five entry max, and then I'll take all those and put them in the millionaire maker for the hell of it, right? Just by some chance, I happen to hit it out of the park, even though my lineup construction is a little bit different for a a three entry thousand person pool. If I happen to nail it and hit it out of the park, I'm going to make sure I have it in the Millie maker. Right? Uh, sure. So I'll spend the extra couple hundred bucks to put it in the Millie maker. Um, and then for so when, you're managing, 
well, hold on. When you guys are managing, you know, big, um, you know, entries, right, where you've got potentially 100 entries. So there's software that you use for this. We talked a little bit about this in the NamesCon session, but how do you manage that many entries? I'm gonna let I'm gonna bump out the Laz and these guys, but um, I so when I, I play 150 max only for golf, and I do use an optimizer to make my lineups initially, and then I go through them by hand and curate them and fix them and clean them up. Um, to use an optimizer in PGA golf daily fantasy, I'm an expert at it, and it's not that hard. Six golfers, no late swaps, no no injuries. I mean, if they're injured, they're injured. Once they're in, they're in. Um, Football, I will say this, and I heard somebody say this this weekend who's a very strong professional player. If you are not a professional using the optimizer for football, because there are so many parameters, if you're trying to use an optimizer to enter your 150 lineups and you're not a professional at using the optimizer, you're going to get hosed and fucked excuse me, <laughs> and completely screwed. So Laz is this like phenom who happens to do like, I believe, a, you know, 150 by hand. <laughs> um, so I can, you know, we can defer. I, I'm good, man. I think I, we can move on to the next person, JT, and we can pick it up from there. Yeah. So Laz, let's talk. So since we'll just keep going in the same sort of round the horn. So, uh, yeah. So first of all, uh, are you playing the same games? I know the Millie Maker sounds like that's your thing. So let's talk to both of those things. Which games are your choice and then also talk a little bit about using the optimizer and some or the not using it and how you manage 150 different entries you spreadsheets what do you, you got an old school notebook what's going on yeah no I, i'm more of the old school notebook type of guy <laughs> i love but it i'm not a professional i just uh love it and, and i will say i only play football i don't do golf i don't do basketball okay uh, i'm one sport uh during the year you know 18 weeks is enough. Uh, my one thing is football. So that's all that I focus on. All I really have time for. Um, I, I think uh, Willie Roman said it earlier, you, you got to really be uh, in it to win it if you're going to try and do this. So uh, my focus is just around football. And I, I play uh, primarily uh, large field and small field GPPs. Uh, with that being said, the playing in a Millie Maker is a lottery ticket. Just to be clear to you and, and everyone that's involved, it, you, you really, if you win that, it is largely, largely luck. I mean, there are things that you do, the stacking that Andy mentioned, yeah, that's a strategy, uh, late swap strategies, um, looking for leverage plays, people that are under owned, that's all part of it, but you got to be super lucky. You really, really do. So. Yeah. Those things are not um, typically, you should not be expecting to win those. Those are uh, fun, like you said. Um, the smaller field GPPs are where it gets interesting. So the three entry max, anything with 300 players or less is where I like to focus. That's where your odds are the best. Okay. Uh, I do not use an optimizer and any professional will think I am absolutely crazy for saying that. Uh, but I, I just like to build my own lineups. Um, I like to think through my lineups and I don't want to rely because when I think about game theory and I think about things that are happening and I think about the research I do during the week, uh, you can really get way over the moonshot and you can come up with some crazy stuff. Um, so I like to do it by hand, uh, which is definitely different than probably 99% of all professionals that are out there. Uh, I build it by hand and, and to me, that just gives me a better feel for what I'm doing and it has to make sense for me to put that lineup in. Yeah, uh, okay. I do also, as a side, I do play some cash games. 
uh, and I typically will play those against uh, the professionals. So Adam Levitan and I play every week head to head. He's a professional in this sport. That's how he makes his living. Uh, I just enjoy playing against him. And I, I think uh, my record is pretty interesting against a pro. So that's part of the fun. So yeah, um, what's your record, Howard? How do you do against him? Um, I, I, it is uh, <laughs> um, this season. Uh, he's up one game on me so far. All right. So you're hanging. You're yeah. in. And it's just fun to see what they're doing and how they're thinking. Um, you know, tons of respect for those guys and what they do. If that yeah. living, you know, good for you. But this is just this is just part of the fun for me. I, I think you do have to have a strategy. You do need to be focused on it. Um, but but uh, it's not as um, it, I'm not using the software that a lot of the pros are doing to to get it done. Sure. Okay. Cool. No, I love it, man. And uh, I love the contrarian old school approach. That's uh, yeah. you know. well, they make fun of me. Basically, you know, <laughs> one of the things I do is I'll play a, uh, a defense against an offense, which is totally uncorrelated, makes no sense. No one will tell you that's a good thing to do. Sure. But the way I think about it is if you're playing a defense and your offense scores uh, or it, you're, you're the, you're going to defense. You don't win defenses because of touchdowns that aren't scored against you. The way defenses win are with sacks and pick sixes. Okay. So think about it. You're, you're getting the, the ball back to the offense is not a bad thing. Sure. So I, I have a contrarian approach to that where most professionals will tell you, do not play a defense against an offense. Okay. But I, I mean, and by the way, I just got to tell you, since you shared that with me, I've talked to some people about that and I, and it, it really does when you really step back. I mean, you know, it, 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 it does have a, a line of pretty interesting logic to it. I, I believe. Well, that. Yeah. Because you're saying like, look, it's not about points against and, you know, and, and so it's more about, you almost want to shoot out where the defense is going to have opportunities to make plays and, you know, and that's only going to happen if you've got an offense that's, you know, racking up yards. You mentioned uh, the, you know, Roman mentioned the Blake Bortles to Alan Hearns. Now I live in Jacksonville. Jags are kind of an adopted team for me um, to some degree, but, you know, and, and somewhat with Jalen Hurts this year, it's like, you know, there's a lot of garbage time points for these guys. And, and Bortles was sort of classic with that. Like he would, he would rack up points in the fourth quarter when games were already out of hand, but, you know, but he would throw his pick sixes and all these kinds of things. So you'd have a quarterback like him who would, you know, I mean, he was never like a top 10 necessarily, but he, he would get you on know, certain weeks would get you your points, but he would also get, let the defense get plenty of points, you know, with, with uh, because they were on the field so much and, you know, and you had such a back and forth thing kind of happening. Got it. That's exactly right, JT. Yeah. That's, that's the thought process. And, uh, you know, you just can't be afraid to be a little bit different, sure. uh, especially if you're doing research and you're listening to some of the pros. I like to listen to the pros and then kind of try and not do with the pros because a lot of the field sure. follow that. And that's how you get higher ownership over time. So if you can listen to that and then then go somewhere with not being talked about, that's leverage. Yeah. That's how you find yourself in a GPP. I think someone, even Andy, where they were talking about they played an NBA player that no one's ever heard of. If you can do that and have them succeed, that's how you gain leverage over the field. And that's how you can win sure. the larger field events. Yep, love that. And then you got to be able to lose badly to win big. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Well, you got to be able to burn your lineup and <laughs> be last to be first, if that yeah. makes sense. I like it. Yeah. If I, I mean, it's sort of like Ricky Bobby, man. If you're not first, you're last, but it's almost like the other way around too. And I like, so there are ways then to be able to tell as the week progresses, like where people like the ownership numbers and percentages for certain players so that you kind of know who people are riding with. 
or you do you see you know that specifically based on verifiable stats as opposed to just general sort of consensus absolutely okay cool yeah. different people will put out their research a lot of it's really pretty good and pretty on you know and, and shifts oh. during the week uh, so someone that you think might be four or five percent owned during the week ends up being 15 percent owned uh, towards the end of the week so you might want to fade that person and look for a better leverage. Especially in NFL with injuries, right? So something crazy yeah. happens like Calvin Ridley says, I'm done with football on a Sunday at 11 a.m. You know, think about that. Your whole week's been planned. And now a major marquee player says, I'm out today. I'm not playing, not in the injury report. And, you know, throws everybody in the tizzy, right? So yeah. Even harder uh, for last, he's not using the optimizer. So then he's got to go in and update it and fix all those lineups individually. Yeah, that's, so. that, that's a place where it hurts, for sure. So there's a year. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. All right. Well, cool, man. I love I love all. I mean, it's such a, such great insight. Um, all right. Cool. Willie, man. So what about you, dude? What's your uh, – so, I mean, you're a basketball guy, it sounds like. Uh, but NFL, you, you heavy in the NFL. What's your, what's your game and, and how do you do it? I think I'm I'm good at both, you know. So I'm a, I'm a dual guy, um, but especially like 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 for example tonight, you know, I, you know I got to see my girl tonight. I only get to see it once a week, so I'm I'm, I'm only playing. I only I don't I play like between five or ten lineups and like five or seven lineups anyway for basketball, mm -hmm. you know. So I can so I can manage it. But see what was successful for me last night. And I did well last night was. You look at, you know, you look at it where, um, like, I, you know, you got to also watch the games. So I'm not taking everybody's advice, you know, for what they say, because my eyes, I, I used to play basketball as well as, you know, college football. So you got to, I watch the games. I, I look at films so I can, you know, try to pick up little tendencies. And I know when you play the Lakers, you know, man, they are sieve for points. You know, you know, those games are going to be high scoring. So, you know, I look at things like, and I will listen to what Rotogrind has got to say. I'll listen to Fantasy Labs. And the reason I do that is because I want to know where everybody's thinking. And Osimo, I want to know what they're thinking. Because a lot of times I take the approach that I see what they're thinking there and let me go elsewhere, you know, to, to, to find my players. You know, I do use the optimizer, but I hand build my lines. I just use the optimizer to see what it's spitting out, to see what's the chalk, to see what the ownership percentages are. So, you know, that's what I do. Just like for the night, for example, we got a three-game slate. You got, um, you got, you know, the team that I'm focused on. See, I know, and, and I play tiers, which I do well. I've taken down a couple of tiers tournaments, you know. A lot of people, like last night, my leverage was, you know, like Steph Curry has been terrible. He has been do-do. So, you know, you say, you know what? This is the night where I'm going to go with Curry. You know, because he's been garbage. He's been awful. So then when he rewards you with 78 points or 83 points, what he did, you feel good about your process. I also listened to uh, yeah, Alonzo. 50, he got 50 right last night, right? Or is yeah, that... yeah. But I'm talking 83, like, total fantasy points, sure. you know. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. yeah, he dropped 50 real. So when you drop 50 real points, oh, yeah, you're going to have a good night. And then I listened to an interview that Alonzo Ball talked about. He complained about not being in the lineup in the fourth quarter that they would go to him too late you know so i'm saying hmm this is a squeaky wheel so you know when somebody has a squeaky wheel you know you can use that something let me lock him in on let me lock mr Lonzo ball in there plus they're going against the lakers so i had a lot of people from that game so that brought me up so that's what you look like like for you know for tonight i noticed with the clippers in um portland they had two blowouts 
So I figured nobody's going to be on that game. You know, they won't be on the game because Lillard has been terrible. McCollum has been terrible. You know, and then I know everybody's going to be on Giannis tonight. So my leverage play is going to be George. And I'm going to stack that game because I like the way that game looks and take a couple of people from the other games. And, you know, if Giannis just has a, like a 55 or 60-point game and George could get 55 or 60 and I stack that game and people are not, not going to want to go to that game, then, you know, I, you know, I will have a successful night. But if I'm if I'm ass early, I know I'm ass. I said, okay, I took a shot. But, you know, most people are going to be putting in Giannis, putting in those other games while I'm going to focus on this game. So I'm, I'm kind of what you like a contrarian player, you know, so – I, I, you know, if, if people are going one way, I want to go the other way, you know, so that's why, I, that's why I listen to, and I'm like, last, I build it by hand too. I, I, I listen to the optimizer, but I look at it because sometimes it will bring a player that you're not even thinking about. Mm. I said, why is this player showing up like this? Hmm. You know, and then you go do a research and you watch a little film on this guy. You said, this guy got a little pop here. Okay. All right. Put this guy in. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm like a, you know, contrarian player. Now I play, in the um the, the 20 entry max like he, like you does I will I would do single entries you know and then I might take one shot in a big tournament every once in a while but like I said I like my money and I you know if I people say hey you need to get in a hundred dollar contest if I play that man my cheeks get tight my behind get real tight you know I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so you know even though I can afford it but I don't want to you know I'm just like the you know I just like the uh, how would you say? I, I like to, you know, the, the bankroll my money. You know, I like oh, that. I think you know. that's a fair point. And I think, you know, so, you know, hearing what you're saying, you know, there's a little bit of the eye test, right? And then a little bit of that, you know, you got you to lose big to win big kind of same kind of thing like Laz was talking about as far as taking a bit of a contrarian approach. And, you know, but I think it's an interesting point, too, when you talk about it, it's like, you know, the actual enjoyment of the experience, right? Like basically what I'm hearing you say is, you know, certain things you're not doing because, the end of the day you don't want to be all extra stressed out and if you're not a pro and this isn't what you're doing to try to make your money it's like you want to enjoy that i mean the story i love about what laz was saying the one where he finished second like you know he spent that night with his buddies at the bar like wiling out having that and then they, the whole experience of them running up to the car it's like you know you're doing this because you want you enjoy it right you're driven to do it because you're passionate about it because you love the experience and you know the adrenaline and dopamine but it's also like you know you don't want to, you don't want to be miserable in the process. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's all good, man. And uh, so, yeah. I think the guys out here, you know, that that's their livelihood. Mm -hmm. So as much as, you know, we might enjoy it as a fan or a casual player, which is most of the world that's out there. I'm not so sure they all do to them. That's their grind. That's their, that's their jam to make a living. Uh, so a, a lot of that I wonder about, and especially in some of those conversations, do they really uh, get to enjoy it or yep. is it business? Well, and that's the thing, right? I mean, look, we talk about, you know, you don't necessarily have to enjoy your job, but you don't want to hate it. And if it becomes your job, then it's like, uh, you know, you're like a grinder, like condition uh, rounders where, you know, you're just trying to eke out that profit and uh, to, and at some point, you know, you're not having fun anymore. So I think that's where it's great when, and, and this is why I think this is a great group talking about this kind of stuff, because you guys do it because you love it, right? You're not doing it because you have to do it, or this is like, you're now in that, you know? It's not fun. I'm not interested, man. This yeah. is meant to be fun. And, that, exactly. and, that's and just adding to that, because we I mean, you should get the Roman, but, you know, I do it because I love it. I do it because I want to win, right? And prove yeah. I know I can, 
how to do it and use game theory and use correlation. And, you know, I, I, as I said to Laz, like I have to, in either one of the sports, I have to take down a Millie Maker before I'm all done. No, it's good to have <laughs> I mean, somehow, somewhere I've been, I've been top 10 three or four times. I've been there. And it's like Laz said, it takes a lot of luck to, you know, I'll tell you, man, at the end, I'll tell you a story about a bad beat because we, I know we have that to talk about, about a very close friend of mine two weeks ago in the Millie Maker that was just crushing and heartbreaking. But, um, you know, I think that Les is right. I think that it's, you know, it's still a grind. I spent hours upon hours doing my homework, right? And that's why I gave up NBA for the most part. I played some showdown, one game, you know, but because um, it's like, you know, NBA, if you're not on your phone paying attention, from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. every night, right? Because NBA lineups change like, you know, the wind, <laughs> okay? In this day and age, guys are rested and they're sitting and they sit out. And if you're not on your phone getting alerts, making changes at 6.30, 6.40, 6.50, up until that first round of the games at 7, and then again at 7.30, and again at 8, you can taste your money and throw it down the drain. And that's like dinner time. That's time with my kids. That's like, you know, and I decided it was too much. And that's why I love golf and football because it's, you know, kind of limited to a weekend on the football. And I do most of my homework on Saturday and Sunday, although I certainly do some during the week, you know, and golf, similar stuff. Anyway, yeah, Roman, and we'll maybe, get to Roman uh, in one second, but I think just to your point, and I, well, I mean, and you talk about enjoying it, right? Well, you know, winning is enjoying it, right? If you're not ever winning, you're not going to, you know, you're, you're going to stop doing it. And basketball for me, I mean, we used to do the weekly basketball stuff, but it still involved changing your lineup every day. And that was pretty frustrating. And then also as my law school buddies, we had a basketball fantasy league that I won twice in a row. And then after that, everybody seemed to kind of peter out. I think they got sick of me beating them. But, uh, you know, it's still all good. You know, we had uh, I mean, we've had some leagues that we've had for I mean, over a decade now, which is just pretty, pretty awesome. So. All right. So, Roman, talk to us about your. Uh, so what's your deal as far as like your. What you know? What's your daily, not daily, like, but um, what's your choice of games and and approach there? Yeah, sure. Uh, for me, baseball, MLB is my um, game of choice. I'm really, really good. I'm okay in football, um, but I'm really good in um, MLB. Um, even though there's a lot more action right in NFL so that's kind of why I kind of gravitated there and that sort of thing um real quick so tell me this so were you an MLB guy back when you won the big pot that you won was that you know I mean did you start your fantasy kind of daily fantasy journey doing baseball and then segued into football or did yes that, that that would be correct and even the qualifier that I had it was it started off I had Started off on the qualifier that was MLB, and I won that qualifier. And then that qualifier changed to like a major um, a NFL type of um, qualifier to get there. So I had to win like three qualifiers to get to the championship. But the first one started with the MLB. Oh, that's um, cool, man. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, you know, I was really big on GPP, you know, try to put in money, crack heads, you know, big high big um, rewards, that type of deal. You know, ever since I've won the bigger tournament, I kind of transitioned to the idea of, I guess I'm better than most players. So if I do a 50-50, I should be able to cash in. Plus the amount of my bankroll will be a little bit more. And so, you know, three years after 
I won like 2016, 17, 18. I actually went the pro route, right? So, you know, um, it's, it's not fun. You know, I, I got a rude awakening the first couple of years. And then I finally understood, you know, bankroll management, um, when to kind of push on different opportunities and when to not pull, you know, in other opportunities. And so I did that for about four years where I would say the, the majority of money that came in, the inflows for the family was that. You know, and I would try to augment that with consulting gigs and things of that nature. So I do understand that life and it is different. You know, for me, I finally had to realize you need to find uh, an amount that makes you comfortable that you can kind of go to the clubs or go to a soccer game and not be pressed. Right. And I finally got that avenue where now when I do play, you know, I'm, I, I don't even watch, like, <laughs> you know, I typically do not even watch NFL games right now anymore, right? I make my plays and then I go about my everyday business. And if I have an opportunity, I'll try to see it. If not, so well. Oh, well, it wasn't like that before, right? Every single play mattered. And I, I think there's a balance that you need to figure out. And for me, 50-50 is a great thing. You know, what I try to attempt to do is, like I said, I think I'm, probably better than a majority of folks. And so I try to dwindle down the, the deviations as best as possible. So I identify what are going to be the chalk plays for each position. And chalk means the ones that most people are going to generally roster. And then if they're like really default plays, and even though I know there's better players, I may just roster that quarterback and then roster that running back. And then what I do is, now I only have two positions, let's say, two wide receivers versus two other, like, and everybody else has two wide receivers. And then that's where I deviate. And I think that I have an, a big advantage of selecting just two wide receivers versus um, the other folks that have two wide receivers. So, for example, even though I might think a particular quarterback is going to do better than Lamar Jackson, God forbid if Lamar Jackson goes off, I may lose. But at the same time, if I roster Lamar Jackson as well and Lamar Jackson gets hurt, we all lose or we all, you know, get that downgrade. And I just still, again, have to focus on those two players. And I think that's been helpful for me when I try to go 50-50 or heads up. I just try to do, okay, it's only two people or one person that I think I have an advantage based on all my research over you. And I'll say I've what Andrew and Willie and, and Lass has been saying, I, I'll take a mixture of all of them. Like, I think we're kind of in a similar age group. So I'm old school. Everything I do is by pen and paper. I love writing things down. I love, I'm not really an analytics guy. I like to see the eye test, you know. I'll leverage the new technology to some degree, but I don't do that at all. I mean, I, same, yeah. similar things when I do with domain names. I'm kind of like the eye test. I like doing manual efforts. I think there's something to it. You actually can see how things work when you do that. You know, one of my strategies just to, to jump out there is I actually before, I think over and under is a big deal. The higher scoring games, the better yep. fantasy outlook. So prior to looking at the Vegas lines, I create my own Vegas lines, right? Yep. I anticipate what the lines are. And then, and I've been doing this for several, several years, even before fantasy. So when I do see a deviation between what I think the line should be and what the line is, then I can dig deeper and see, 
Am I the one that's off yeah. or are they? And that's helped me out. I think, you know, well, because, you know, Bill Simmons and that, you know, I mean, I remember a lot of, uh, you know, they would have guessing the lines, Cousin Sal and all that to try to identify where they thought there was a gap between, you know, the uh, what the public is not public, but, you know, what Vegas is saying and what they're thinking is. And, you know, it's like, okay, why is that? But I think that's a really interesting point. And that's a really cool sort of strategy kind of tip. And I think we can go around the horn on some strategy stuff. And then if we have time to do the bad beats, I know we've got about. Yeah, well, I don't want JT actually. I think we should. We've done a lot of strategy mixed in. Maybe we should just because I think it's fun for people watching this Thursday. To I mean, it's very early, but maybe we go around and do a week ten kind of early, early thoughts yeah. for this coming week. Yeah, because Absolutely. um, you know, yeah. it's early, but um, um, and by the way, just to echo what Rome was saying, you know, this is a sheet of paper, you probably can't see it, but my horrible hieroglyphic handwriting. I don't know, you know, I I, I literally start the week the same way every week, I write down. I use Roto Grinders, so I write down what they called their first look. I, I write down the DVOA and DVP, which is rankings for each offense and each quarterback, um, in order. And then I go to NFL team stats and I write down in order the defenses, and then reverse order the offenses. One to, top passing offenses one to thirty-two, and then I in a column next to it the defense is thirty-two to one. So you can kind of see how who plays who and where that correlates. And I start off with you know pages of handwritten notes as well. So. But I do think it's worth, by the way, it was nice to Roman, you know, we've been using some terms that people may or may not know, like chalk. Chalk means a player who's chalky is highly owned by the field, sure. to, you know, by the largest owned. And uh, if anyone's watching their phones, you know, this is going to be the Ernest Johnson chalk week because the entire Browns backfield other than him has COVID. <laughs> so, oh, no. Uh, really? Nick Chubb, oh, John uh, Kelly, yeah. and... Oh, man, so, I dropped Johnson in my weekly stuff about a week ago because Chubb came just came back, you know. So it was like, yeah, this is going to be Dearness Johnson ninety percent owner ownership. So be an interesting decision they, point. But um, they 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 you know they score a lot on the uh, ground and uh, get a lot of yards for sure. In the essence of time, it might make sense. Just I mean, I, I think it'd be fun for people to hear kind of everyone's quick thoughts. And again, under the caveat that it's very early in the week for this on a Tuesday morning, very yeah, early recording Tuesday morning. We'll drop this on Thursday. So there's obviously a gap. This is, you know, so yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is it. Let's, this is where the magic happens, man. I'm, this is going to help drive my first big week of DFS. <laughs> so right now, how am I making my money? Miller, what's up? So I'll start. I mean, again, I want to emphasize, you know, most of my work gets done. I start the hand stuff on Wednesday and really Saturday, Sunday with injuries, with COVID thrown in. You know, there's just so much that will change and so many things will happen. And, you know, one of the big I'm flying home from New Orleans this Sunday because it's parents weekend for my kid in college. And, you know, I'm on a flight during 1130 a.m., which is when the inactives get announced. And I'm not 100 percent convinced that, you know, I'll be over the right state or I'll be able to make lineup changes on DraftKings from the plane. It's 50 50 there. So, you know. 1130 is such a key moment when the teams announce who's inactive. But I did look at a few things for this week early. Um, I do think, look, Tom Brady's playing at Washington. Washington's a 32nd ranked pass defense. So there's no doubt in my mind Tom Brady will be the most highest owned quarterback this week. And his receivers with Antonio Brown out are narrow. So it's going to be very chalky and a potential place to get away from and be contrarian. Um, I'm intrigued with like, you know, recency bias, right? Meaning, you know, what happened last week that will change people? So maybe a guy who should be highly owned won't be. So the three that jumped out at me, one was, um, look, Dallas just got shut out, shut out at home, okay, uh, 30 to nothing. 
Okay. They play Atlanta, terrible, terrible pass defense coming off a disastrous game. So recency bias will be, well, people go back to Dak. Is he hurt? Is his receivers hurt? So I think Dak's in an interesting spot to stack. I think um, Carson Wentz, you know, Indy plays Jacksonville. Okay. A couple things that work in that game, right? Number one, um, Jacksonville's coming off their, you know, complete shutdown of the Bills. So there'll be some fake recency bias there because they're really not a good football team. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, Jonathan Taylor is just absolutely destroying people from the running side for Indianapolis. So he's going to be very highly owned against Jacksonville. So there's an opportunity to, you know, play Wentz there. And I think we'll be kind of sneaky. Wentz has been really good. Michael Pittman's a stud. And maybe you can even stack him up with Jonathan Taylor, who's catching passes. So I think that's another one. Dak. Um, and I think, you know, look, I think Russell Wilson coming off an injury might be lower owned at Green Bay. But in that game, you only want to, I would only do that if Aaron Rodgers is playing. Uh, I wouldn't touch that game if it's Jordan Love again, because I just don't think there'll be enough scoring if it's not Rodgers. But if Rodgers is playing, we could get into a shootout. Russ, you know, Russ on the road, coming off a five-week injury with a finger. So I think there's some interesting. And then to me, the other one, and I'll move on, is um, probably be Chalky, but hopefully Dearness Johnson makes it less so. I just think Dalvin Cook, <laughs> Dalvin Cook it will be in a huge, I, I will be overweight on Dalvin Cook against the Chargers you know, in Los Angeles this week, the Chargers run defense is an absolute abomination. And this guy is an absolute stud. And um, I I can't imagine any scenario not being on that, even in high ownership. Okay. All right. I like it, man. Those are a lot of gems. I, uh, so let's see where Laz is at. Are you, do you uh, concur or you've got a whole different. You might not have even started. (laughs) (laughs) I I started, uh, you know, some of what Andy says makes sense. Uh, my approach is a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to look at game totals early on, uh, key in on four or five games. So this week, I'm going to look at uh, the Wentz. Uh, I, I think that's an interesting game with Wentz. I think the uh, Kurt Cousins game is very interesting. Tom Brady and Allen have been the perennial ones to go to. I mean, it's been a pretty simple season up until last week where you can key on some of the top quarterbacks and in those stacks. And that's all you really needed to do. One, one thing I, I do want to say about the stacking and, you know, if you can stack, you have to be right a lot less, right? So if the game goes off and you've got the right game stack, that's the reason you do it to yep. pick individual players that are going to go off and be right on each category. That's a lot harder than being right on a game stack or a game that's high scoring. Uh, You have a better chance that way. So that's the reason you want to game stack and not be finding individual wide receivers that might do well. That's a have to be right a lot more uh, than if you just have the right game stack in place. That's a great point. Uh, there, and Roman, you know, Roman made that clear, right? I mean, Alan Hearns and Bortles, there you go, right? He went from 90th to 40th with that one pass. So. That's, that, that's your leverage. I mean, you're either right or wrong, but when you're right, it really matters. Yeah. Uh, five games that I would look at, though, I think, um, Alan, you know, the, the Bills on a, on a bounce back. I like that. I like Tom Brady. I like, the, I like uh, Minnesota game. I even like the the Patriots game. And I think Jacoby Myers is going to score an actual touchdown this week. Uh, (laughs) That down. And, uh, and I like uh, Carson Wentz stack. So those are the five games that I've circled based Mm -hmm. on various reasons, even either to do with game totals 
or some of the uh, recency bias and going against the recency bias. You know, I, like Andy said, I agree with him. I think Jacksonville's not a good football team. Uh, so I would look for a letdown on them, but I'd also look for a bounce back in the Bills. But that's my early on kind of impression of things. As the week goes on, I will develop my player pool, uh, try and have a certain amount of you know, QBs, probably not more than six or seven QBs as my main focus. Uh, obviously, you're going to have the most amount of wide receivers in your player pool. Uh, tight ends, I'm going to have, you know, three or four tight ends. I'm going to have probably five or six running backs. Okay. Uh, wide receivers being the most. Defenses, I'm also going to look for a cheap defense that makes sense. Last week, everyone was on Kansas City. Uh, that was obvious. They ended up with 11 points for a $2,300, um, you know, uh, defense on on DK, so that made sense. Uh, but that's really it. Early on in the week, I'm just keying on the games that I want to focus on, and then developing my player pool. As time goes on, we get into Friday, Saturday. Uh, I've listened to a lot of research, read research, and then I'm honing in on on some stacks that I feel really good about uh, in developing from there. Obviously, injuries. Uh, and then leverage comes in. That's when you need to start looking at ownership more seriously. Got it. Okay. And be different. This is where we go back to you either be different and you crash and have a terrible looking lineup at the end of Sunday, or you be different and you really shine. Yeah. So my only thought is, JT, never be afraid to be different and, and don't just follow the herd. The herd never wins. Okay. It's always going to be average. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, uh, it might end up even being the title of this week's show. So what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? What do you think about Russell Wilson? I mean, that was Miller thinks Wilson might have a bounce back and people are forgetting how good he is. And, you know, again, only in an Aaron Rodgers situation. Though. I know, I know you qualified it a lot. I get it, but I'm just, you know, <laughs> just curious. I, I will just say, uh, I go head to head with Miller this weekend, not taking Russell Wilson. Oh, by the way, and I'll, that's, I'll where I, that's where I would lean too. I almost feel like maybe, and maybe I'm caught up in the recency bias of, you know, Hey, I've have forgotten about Russell Wilson because we haven't seen him in a bit. He's coming back on the road, you know, against a pretty decent team. It seems like kind of a reach, but that's just me. And I don't play, you know what I mean? This is going to be my first week, but I'm going to win a Millie maker this week. So, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe he'll be in the Millie maker and, but uh, I'm not. As long as you put Jacoby Myers in that head to head, I'll consider it. <laughs> hey, if I hear one more week, Joby, we're on two and a half years of Jacoby Myers never scoring a touchdown. And every Bullshit week I listen Jacoby to Alex Myers. Jacoby. Every week I listen to Alex Baker Osimo say this is the you know he likes Jacoby Myers and eventually he'll score a touchdown. And every week he does that. Yeah, you know, the guy's a thirteen point machine. That's it, no ceiling. So you you take Jacoby Myers all day. I'll take Kenny Board. Hey, let's go. <laughs> building he got his first uh two-point conversion so he has he has scored his first two nfl points which is uh oh, see uh, build on that mills so yeah. let's go give me a one-on-one -on -one. and this is part of the fun jt so this is where your buddy says hey let's go he yeah. challenged you on dk you play against him that's fun and that's really that's a fun. You know, but it won't be Russell Wilson if I did a head to head, just so no, no, clear. No. Be... <laughs> let's go. That's what you're not... those, no. those are spots. Those are two spots. Not, not in a head to head for Wilson. No way. <laughs> I still, I, hey, I like it though. I, I'm not, we're going to have to do a follow up and find out who wins or at least post something about it. So that's going to, we're going to have to put that out there in the universe. So, 
All right. I love it. All right, Willie, what about you, man? So this week, what are you looking at? Where are you at so far? Because I also think you guys talking about your week, you know, the, the picks for Sunday um, is also a really good insight into your process, which I think is also really cool. But uh, go ahead, Willie. Yeah, I mean, th- things that I'm looking at is I, I think that Minnesota-San Diego game is really interesting. Um, a lot of people are not going to want to uh, uh, stack that game because you got a lot of high-priced players. But I think somebody like Mike Williams, who has been butt-cheeks, for the last two or three weeks, you know, that'd be a, a guy, a man of interest for me. It's long with taking the quarterback, doing a double stack. You know, that's when you do a double stack where you'll double, you'll, you'll, you'll play, um, you know, you'll, 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 you'll play the two receivers for the Chargers. And then what you'll do is you will play the quarterback and then you, you could actually come back with Cook and you could come back with Conklin if you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Then what you could do is you could look at for low price guys like McKissick going against Tampa Bay. You know, because he would be the perfect guy. They will be behind. You could put him in a lineup. You could also, that's when you could use a Dearness Johnson because you have, you know, contrarian, you know, type players in there. Because just like Osmo talks about, it's not that you have a player that's highly owned. It's your total value of your lineup that you have. It's everybody. So it doesn't, so too many people get um, caught up with ownership. It's not about your ownership, but you just got to be different in other places then that will make a lot of sense. Just like a guy like that, don't be stupid sometimes. A guy like James Conner, he played 75 or 80% of the snaps. You know, when you know when they have that injury, he got a great matchup going with Carolina. You know he's going he's going to get the rock, you know. He's at a reasonable price, you know. So when if you go for hot stack like that, and I think I'm gonna be honest with you, I do like Tampa Bay and everybody's gonna be on them. But one thing that gives Brady a little trouble is pressure. Okay, and I don't know if you remember last year, the Redskins gave them all they want to handle. Sometimes it's just matchups. There's certain matchups that that, that people do things. So, listen, I'm going to have my share of time, but what I'm I got a cause for pause on Tom Brady this week because I think a lot because one thing he don't like. I love it. Wait, we got like you know you know he does not like pressure. Case in point, you saw what New Orleans did. Well, yeah, and and I'll tell you something. I'm sorry, Will, I don't mean to interrupt you, man, but I I would agree. I mean, I think the interesting thing about Brady, you got uh, Chase Young, you know, and this kind of thing with him, Brady, like, you know, I think he's, if he's, you know, Chase Young's playing, right, as far, right? Is is he, is he still, he's still on Washington? Oh, yeah, he's still, listen, he's still, listen. listen, He's the kind of game, he seems to be the kind of guy who gets up for particular matchups, and I think that, you know, he could give Tom some trouble this week. I don't love the Conklin pick, but again, I'm coming at it from a whole different angle than you guys. I think that's an interesting comment, though, about the stack of that tight end, him and Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, I, I, and I think, uh, you know, I think Dalvin Cook is going to go off. I don't, interestingly, you know, the Conklin thing, I think, would be kind of, you know, out of all the tight ends, you think he's somebody that, you know, is that just because of the stack or because no, of the No, match? he's not going to be core. It was just, I'm just giving you different scenarios of, of, of things that you can look at if you want to stack because you got to save money. Okay, somewhere you got to say you know you got to have some savers in there and you know you can throw on san diego you know using a tight end so that's why you know you know you have your two guys and see a lot of people are not going to want to be on mike williams he has had tough matchups mm-hmm. i mean i knew you you couldn't play mike williams but this is the week his prices come down you know to a more of a reasonable price and you know man keenan allen mike williams you know with herbert you run it back with even Cook, you know, you just do some different things. 
man, you can do you can you can win some money this week, you know. But it, yeah. that's why you need to find savers because that's a high price stack. Yeah, that's and a lot of look. Her, but her, and Herbert's going to be low owned, and Mike Williams is going to be low owned. Herbert's perenna, perennially too low owned. I almost I was in the top ten this weekend, and for the late slate hundred k or you know up until the very end, I finished eightieth, and I had Herbert. I had a Herbert Williams Allen. Who'd they play? The Chargers. They play for the Eagles. Yeah, I had a Herbert Williams Allen stack there, um, and you know, I, you know, Herbert had a was uh, even in the late slate three gamer. He was under owned. Yeah, he's just perennially low owned. Yeah, and I like Herbert a lot. I mean, I'm an Eagles fan, so that game hurt. But um, you know, he's 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 very very good. I think Williams, you know, obviously started the year on fire, kind of came back down to earth a little bit. But I think that you know it, it does create these interesting dynamics. Whereas you have the flow of the season, you know, and you have a player that then goes from you know he kind of explodes and then he sets sort of a higher price and then comes down a little bit and then all of a sudden makes it fit in because I think there's this idea of balance too in your lineups that is also really important in this balance of the cost because each player is a different price versus, you know, guys, you know, are going to deliver or think you're really going to deliver. And even if they're chalky, you know, you still want to get them in your lineups and then you got to find your sleepers. So I think all of that makes a lot of sense, man. And, uh, you know, I think that's, I just want to, I just want to add one other thing. See, this is the thing, but also Regency bias. You got to remember the last game Herbert played, he played against the Ravens. The Ravens roughed them up. Okay. So, and you know, Regency bias is a monster. You know, that's why when Anthony Davis messed my lineups up by, by going out with a hurt stomach, I say, you know what? He will be locked in the next slate, you know, because that rascal killed my lineups. And I'm going right back to him because people do not trust that soft rascal, you know. And I say, you know what? I mean, either going to win all the money or I'm going to lose it all. I'll be I'll be out early, you know. So that's, that's, what, be, that's, that's what last said, man. That's it. You know what I mean? You got to take those risks and you either – you know, you're going to crash and burn or you're actually going to win. But, you know, if you're going to go with the herd, you're going to be average. And, uh, you know, I think and that, I know we got time. We got, we got to give Roman a shot. Yeah, Roman, and then we're going to get, and then we basically got to close just one, one thing on the Ernest Johnson, you know, I just saw he's negative. Um, he's vaccinated and negative. So, you know, the Patriots is interesting because I've been playing running backs against the Patriots all season. I'm a Patriots season ticket holder. You know, Laz will be at the game in the DraftKings VIP booth. Um, Dearness Johnson's $4,700 because he was priced, assuming Chubb was going to be active. I mean, he is going to be against the Patriots, who have been a run funnel. He is going to be crazy on. But I will tell you, as Bill Belichick's teams often do, this defense is starting to come together. Yeah. And I mean, look, the Patriots are a good it. football team. Like, they're well but, they're, but they were a run funnel for six, seven weeks here. I mean, they, they were just – they couldn't stop anybody, okay? Anybody. And – and they're starting to come together and gel a little bit. So, you know, it's a really, inter- you know, a lot of leverage if you have the balls to fade the uh, Ernest Johnson, you know, at 4,700, almost minimum running back salary against a team that's been terrible against the run this weekend against the pack. So just food for thought. But we, we I want to hear what Roman has to say. Yeah, Roman, talk to us, buddy. Well, I typically do not uh, do analysis early like this, but based on having this show, I decided to do so. <laughs> um, you know, the, the game of the week for me is the uh, Cowboys game. Uh, I, I do love that game. Uh, I think it's going to be high scoring. I do think the idea of, Great. like like we mentioned earlier, recency bias. I do like Dak Prescott. I like to couple him with uh, C.D. Lamb for big plays, and then also 
On the flip side, I, I like uh, Cordell Par Patterson. He He's seems to be the number one yeah. for everything, run, pass, kick. Well, there were whatever. seasons where he was quite classified as a running back and a receiver in some fantasy. Right, so it's right. Like, He's a total what? utility weapon. So, you know, if it is going to be, a, you know, a high-scoring game, he's going to be figured out to, you know, have big opportunities. So does C.D. Lamb. So I do like that. Um, looking at the Vikings game, if I would go there, I'd go with Justin Jefferson. I do think that he's – last year you saw what he was capable about. He's, he's a beast, and I think this year – you know, things are, you know, he's struggling, but I think uh, last week he caught a 50-yard touchdown pass. Touchdown. And, and, and I think, you know, a pivot from, you know, rostering Dalvin Cook might be to roster one or two of those Minnesota Vikings and say maybe it'll be a shootout that way. Um, so I do, it sounds like that's where Laz is headed. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. I do I like will that. mention Conklin and Cook and, uh, you know, and the Vikings seem to just, you know, they play everybody close, but they score a lot of points, right? So it's like, you know, those are games where almost ideal for fantasy, right? They go back and forth and, you know, everybody scores a shitload and, uh, you know, with a lot of players getting a lot of stats. So, yeah. Yeah. And finally, you know, I, I'm looking at the Detroit-Pittsburgh game. Hmm. Pittsburgh's coming um, in on a short week. They gave up 20-some-odd points to the, to the Bears. I do like DeAndre Swift. I think uh, basically Detroit's like two-dimensional. Either throw it to the tight end or give it to the running back. And the running back catches the ball out of the backfield. So if they could score some points, I think Swift might be part of that. So I do like that as like an that. opportunity. That's it. All right, cool. Well, that's all good hey, stuff. Just talking, you know, JT, just want to tell you one. I heard the C.D. Lamb comment from uh, Roman. You know, so just a quick bad, a 30-second bad beat story. So one of my close friends, he's Spag Dog, D-A-W-G on um, – DraftKings and a very dear friend of mine. Spags called me up. Spags was second in the Millie Maker, back and forth between first and second, very, very late three weeks ago. He was up first in a month or three entries. To, he was up like 250, 60 grand and the Millie Maker sitting there on the cusp. And I'm like, dude, you're going to win this thing. There's like nothing behind you. It calls me up as they, I forget who the Cowboys were. Patriots, Cowboys Patriots game. And he's like, dude, like, the only thing that can screw me is like if CD Lamb ever would have like a long touchdown. Okay. And I'm like, dude, the game's over. There's like 40 seconds left. Game go, you know, CD Lamb and well, you you know, catches the freaking like four, 48 yarder in overtime or whatever it was, or yeah, like, yeah. you know, to beat the Patriots. He goes, I don't feel too badly for him because he won like $75,000, but he dropped. $190,000 on that CD Lamb pass uh, in, a, yeah. in overtime, last play of the entire day in the slate uh, out of nowhere. The uh, only thing that could have beat him. Uh, that, <laughs> that beat. sucks, man. Well, it didn't help that you were the, sitting in his ear telling him, you got this. It's a lock. It's a lock. It's stone cold. And then, of course, you, then, know, you don't usually see 45-yard wide-open bombs in overtime. Uh, you know? Yeah, no, that was – Certainly that. against Bill. Certainly against Bill. That's so. rough. All right. Well, look, this has been fantastic. Uh, one last question before we go. So, Laz, do you get the box because of your winnings or just because you are a uh, just because you're a G in, in real life? Uh, I'm, a loyal, I'm a loyal DK guy. I, I became friends with uh, the guys who started it way back when. Uh, so I don't know. It's probably a combination of a lot of things, but uh, yeah. I really 
like doing it because I get to bring my kids uh, to the games and they love it. And yeah. uh, that's all part of the fun for me. Again, this is this is all about the enjoyment and having fun and keeping it real on that level. So as long sure. as people keep that in mind, hey, uh, DFS is where it's at, right? Uh, yeah. All the herd. Because you will be very average. That's all That's he said. <laughs> I love you, it. You did it last because you're a good guy. Remains. That's true in crypto, and that's true in DFS. It is. It is. If you want to be average, follow the herd. You know. Otherwise, if you're going to stand out, you got to take some risks. 100. percent You know. You've got to have some vision, and you got to be willing to take a risk and try to execute on it. So, without a doubt. All right. Well, look, guys. This was a pleasure. All you, Willie, Roman, Vlas, Miller. You know. Thank you so much for joining. We'll do, definitely do this again. I'm excited to see how all these predictions play out. Well, uh, the show is going to be airing on, well, so you guys know the show will air on the Thursday. So for everybody, you'll get to uh, to hear some of this stuff before the uh, the games go off. And hopefully not a lot has changed between now and then. So in the meantime, I just want to say thanks to the audience. I say it on every show. Without you, there's no us. Thank you all for tuning in. And be sure to check us out next time on Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains here on Down the Rabbit Hole with our boys, the Rabbit Hole Gang. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. It don't matter what you do, I will.